0: Capitalist realism. Um, this is a concept that I, Adam kind of wanted to explore a little bit, and um, uh, if you could go ahead and like kind of explain, you know, how you came about this idea, and you know, what uh, what made you what made you interested in like kind of discussing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I really wanted to discuss this idea, of capitalist realism, because I was introduced to it. It's really been developed most by this author, Mark Fisher. And right as the time we were all discussing making this podcast, Mark Fisher passed away. Um, oh, okay. So it was really prominent in my mind. Um, I read the book first, in I think his book uh, that he wrote was Capitalist Realism, Is There No Alternative? Okay. Uh, I, I believe it was written in 2009. I read it in uh, 2011. Um, and it struck with me pretty hard. So the concept capitalist realism, I think is best um, put in the, there's this old saying, it's easier to imagine the end of the world than it is the end of capitalism.
0: capitalism. Okay, I remember um, that. Remember
1: yeah. That. So that's, I think, the most basic way of explaining it, but you give it a little depth, it's this idea that capitalism, the basic functioning system that we have nowadays, is so naturalized that not only has it become... Ingrained in our every life, it's even ingrained in our dreams. Wow. And okay. our dreams, you know, not necessarily like while you're sleeping, yeah, yeah, yeah. but when we try to imagine different worlds, when we think of futures, when we, you know, look at sci fi movies and stuff, almost
0: always capitalism is still there. Well, and I thought it was interesting because, like, I, when I, we first started talking about. You know, capitalism. And when you first brought it up, I was a little skeptical. I was like, "Okay, man, we're talk about this. Well, I'll look up look up some information. And we'll get into it." But it was very interesting that I started to like try to talk to other people about it. They like reacted with almost hostility, and I was just like, "Whoa, whoa, really? whoa!" So there might be there might be something to this with this idea that it's so ingrained even in our minds that like to question something that has to you know do with capitalism becomes almost like, well, well, how would this other system work? Like, you know, how would we do anything any other way? And it's just like, whoa! Like, are we so caught up in this system that honestly disadvantages so many of us that we would we can't even you know, discuss any other alternatives and it's really interesting because when we have a problem with capitalism we have a problem with how something works within a capitalist system we adjust and we move on. But we can't even talk about another alternative because that wouldn't work. Like, well, capitalism has problems, and as a society, we've just kind of worked around those problems. But right, we right. can't do that with anything else. <laughs> How crazy is that?
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. It um, it's embedded in everything. It's like it's like a logic that is always there, and it um, it rears its head in like weird ways that you know you wouldn't think are damaging or bad. Like um I'm sure you've said it. I know I've said it before. Work smarter, not harder. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh in a way that has that little bit of it. It's like this idea that there's something better you could be doing that um you know, you're just not giving it your all. Oh. Um and also this idea that you have to work. Um and you know, I'm I, I'm maybe getting ahead of myself here, but you know, I, I tend to be a fan of these ideas of um post-work societies and stuff like that. Like, we talked about in our first episode about Mm -hmm. AI. Yeah. Um, You know, actually, I think I got interested in all that stuff after grappling with the ideas of capitalist realism. Um, When I first read the book um, and read, like, subsequent material relating to the same ideas, it really hit me hard. I hadn't... I hadn't thought about it quite in those experiences yet. And, um... I saw it everywhere I was I it, it became part of me I couldn't I was like oh my god it's all capitalism uh, <laughs> you know and I mean I mean that like everywhere I was like it was almost to a point where it kind of got depressing where even in good things like bands I liked or um movies I really enjoyed yeah. you know a couple years ago I watched back and I'd be like oh wow this underlying theme is bullshit yeah. um or like these lyrics are awful I can't listen to this uh and, you know, I'm a big fan of sci-fi, so like seeing a lot of sci-fi um, since the 80s, or maybe since the 70s, has had this strong libertarian, anti-communal, anti-collective uh, theme. Oh, yeah, yeah, know? yeah. It's often like a big government doing something bad, and like a rugged individual fighting for freedom that happens to save everything. <laughs> um, I started getting really dismayed uh, by all that, and then... I think in the last, like, two years, I've started to come out of that and thought so much more about, um, the future, about how things could be different, and, uh, so if it wasn't for that, like, that shocking dismay that I got when first reading the book, yeah, if it wasn't for that first shock, I I don't know if, um, I would be, be thinking the same things now, be interested quite as much in, like, this futurism, um, or this utopianism that I've really found myself in um, in the last couple of years, really wanting to build a utopian dream. Um, well, I think it's, it's
0: interesting because, as, as I was saying before, when you t- started talking about it, you started bringing it up, I was just like, okay, well, you know, it's an interesting topic to kind of tackle, but it is so, st- you, you find yourself in kind of a surreal situation where you're discussing topics with people that you know that you're friends with or people that you know your family members or whatever and this whole like no other thing can ever work right just like well why not it kind of made me open up to it a little bit like well i just i'm just having a discussion why 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 is this something that you are so against and the thing that bothered me is like and now they started looking at it from the the standpoint of like you were saying tv shows and stuff like that the collectivist organizations are always the bad ones always they're always the enemy and it's just like really weird that we are to a certain extent kind of like push this idea and then we just started accepting it as our own um and that's always been kind of fascinating to me is this idea that we you know we are the ones that make these choices are we are we the ones that get up every day and say, like, you know, this is the kind of thing that I'm going to do? I'm a sucker for advertising. And my girlfriend Sarah will tell you that, like, I'll see a commercial on TV, and I'm like, I, I want to go get that sandwich. <laughs> you know, and that's just... I never thought of anything... I never thought it was anything wrong with it. I was just like, well, that just looks like they presented that sandwich in such a good way that do I'm going to go get that sandwich. Do you use
1: blocker on YouTube?
0: Um, no.
1: I don't either, and I'm starting to regret it again. <laughs> Constantly. I uh, I have this bad tendency to watch those videos that are like 15 coolest inventions this year and I'm like oh
0: my god I want all of those things and now
1: my advertisements are full of crazy nifty inventions and I'm constantly like well I can afford that (laughs) I don't need it
0: but I could and that's really really crazy it's just like we are inundated with things that for the most part are just advertisements and you don't even think about them from the standpoint that like oh, I'm going to watch this, um, this, you know, video on, like, how to make this really interesting meal. It's like, it's trying to sell you food. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to watch this video on, you know, all these scientific advancements. It's trying to sell you different products to do different things in your life. Right. it's all advertising.
1: And, you know, and something that's really, this struck me way before the capitalist realism struck me. I didn't, you know, and so, but it's related. It's a different way. Um, with... Advertising too now, they're not even advertising you the product half of the time or more than half of the time. You know, if you watch um, like a, uh, a truck commercial or something, it's these people going out and they, man, they look like they're having the best time of their life. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, they're wow. selling you the experience. Yeah, like that would be so amazing. I mean, so amazing. Like me and my wife, yeah, we should go out on a rugged adventure. You know, <laughs> you know? we could take our truck here and all this stuff. And it's like the product is has become secondary to this idea so it's like Mm. the capitalist class or whatever is selling you this concept of a life you can buy yeah so now we're at this point with capitalist realism i would now say um that you can buy a life experience you can buy a lifestyle um you can buy your politics and stuff like that you know um it's it's pretty strange. I don't know.
0: I don't like it, um, in in the general sense. I think that one of the things that kind of makes it interesting to me is like how certain concepts don't. For example, economics doesn't take into consideration marketing. Right, right. Marketing, how people are convinced to buy a product is not is not a factor when it comes to economics, which makes no sense to me because marketing is everything when it comes to whether or not you buy something. It's not... You don't go into the store and buy something because it's the best for your amount of money for your lifestyle. It's... You buy that product because of what the advertising or marketing tells you. It will not only tell you about yourself, but tell other people about you. You know, like, you buy a car, not necessarily because... Hey, I like this certain car. Well, you might have convinced yourself that's why you're buying it. For the most part, you're buying it also because of what it says about. You. Um, one of the things I think was was striking to me when I, I got I, I first had my truck and I got into a car wreck. Like I, I um, you know, made a turn and someone T-boned me, and there was this huge dent in my truck. Nothing was wrong with it mechanically. It still ran fine. It was just a dent inside of my truck, and. It was very interesting to me, because you know, I went through the insurance and I got, you know, the, the, the check and everything and I was just like, I could pay off this truck like maybe almost a year early and save myself a lot of money in interest rate interest payments, so I'm gonna do that. And everyone's like, Well what are you gonna fix your truck? Well and I was like, Well, why do I wanna fix it? Like to me saving a couple thousand dollars is more important than my truck looking good. Yeah. So why would I why would I spend Thousands of dollars for the image of a whole, you know, not dented vehicle. I I I don't care. So I I paid off my truck early, and up until like you know, almost a year afterwards, my mom was still asking me, "Oh, when are you gonna fix your truck?" I'm like, "Never. It drives fine."
1: Right. Why why do I care? Because uh, in this in the world that we have now, where so I'm I'm gonna have to get a little full of jargon here. You know, (laughs) our commodities, like a truck or anything that we're buying, it is. It's a commodity. It has all this extra stuff attached to it. It's not just a truck. It's the lifestyle that comes with it. It's all these personal things that you feel about yourself. It's mm-hmm. what others feel about you. Um, it's at the point, it's like commodities have taken the place of social relations. Um, social relationships are defined largely by the commodities themselves. So, when you know i think the idea is that with your truck dented i'm gonna not me personally but you know i'm gonna look at you like oh well this person's um kind of lazy or they're probably a bad driver they're they're um don't care about appearances you know all these like preconceived notions just by your dented truck um and you know honestly uh i feel like you, you probably would get that even more than me because you're black and I'm white. Uh, yeah. You know, if I had that same story, people would probably be like, oh, that's pretty smart. <laughs> and then, like, if you, you see the story, you are you get out of the car, um, your truck in the parking lot, and other people are looking at you, they might be like, ah, oh, this lazy guy <laughs> was, and can't even fix his truck, I bet, you know. Here's
0: the thing that, like, that I think about when it comes to things like that, the appearance stuff, is that as someone who is constantly worried about how I'm viewed based on how I look, it becomes exhausting. Like, I have to make sure that I present myself in a non-threatening way. I have to make sure that I present myself in a calm, collected, always, you know, um, even keel type of way because I don't want people to, pr- to see me as a threat. Yeah. That becomes exhausting. So when it comes to stuff like how my truck looks, I don't care. I already have to spend so much time, like being the, the non-threatening, like, non-stereotypical African-American male, yeah, that it, it almost becomes like, you know what, I don't have the energy to worry about that other stuff. I don't have the energy to worry about, you know... And, you know, maybe it's just my own thing that I feel like I have to present myself in this way, but I feel like it's helped me out in life oh. by presenting myself in, in the kind of way that people don't really expect. Because then, if you come into a conversation, you come into a group of people, you go to a job, whatever, and people already have preconceived notions, uh, ideas about who you are. And that's with everybody. That's not just a black-white thing. It's just everyone you oh, yeah. kind of thinks, based on how you look, of who they have an idea of who you are. When you kind of, like, throw all that out, when you are just like, you know, I'm not what you expect, then you have, you're left to create that impression. You're left to build who you are to these people or whoever it is because, you know, they, you basically just shattered the pre preconception. Yeah. You know, you come into it, they're like, oh, this person's going to be like this. And then you're like, not. And they're like, whoa. Who is this person? You're left to define yourself. That's the way I think about it. Maybe maybe I'm being naive, but that's the way I think about it in, in, in those type, type of terms.
1: Yeah, no, it makes sense to me. Um, all right. So... I'm going to leave (laughs) it rolling. Let's see. I wanted to say... Oh, so, Cason, we're talking about capitalist realism, um, per my request. So, I obviously have a lot of loaded opinions on this. I wanted to ask you, because I think this is uh, something a lot of people listening are going to come across. Cason, when I say capitalism, what to you is capitalism?
0: Um that's really really strange because i think that for me capitalism has always been presented as this system that kind of equalizes work if you have the will and the intelligence and the drive within a capitalist system you can be as successful as you want to be it's determined by your The work you put into the system. The system is created in such a way that it rewards hard work and innovation. So, you know, I never thought about how it kind of encompasses everything else in the society. I always thought, well, in a capitalist system, if I want to be a millionaire, all I have to do is put in the work and time to become a millionaire. There's nothing stopping me. In something like a socialist system or a, a communist system, as far as I understood it, it was just like, you know, the government decides how successful you become. The government, this you know big overarching you know scary element of the government, whatever form that takes, is the one that decides that, you know, you are going to be a lawyer. You're going to be, uh, you know, a farmer. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. They decide, and you have no control over your destiny or your faith, or your fate, as I, as I say. But um, that's the way I've always thought about it. Is that capitalism is freedom
1: right right that's often that's how it's presented it's pre- it's presented synonymously with freedom um as if they're equal to each other and to some degree i understand that because our notion of freedom often refers back to some kind of idea of freedom in a capitalist society um so for me i wanted to make a couple things clear to the audience um we say capitalism we are talking about the market system, I guess, as such. We are talking about the system that has private property, um, and that's different from personal property, obviously. Um, it doesn't mean your toothbrush and stuff, your car, or whatever. Uh, private property is property other people own, um, like businesses and factories and farms that they're not using and they're renting out, or they're, um, they own it the means of production, um, which would be like the factories and stuff like that. The means of production are owned by a small private group of people where others have to sell their labor time to uh, those who own the means of production. Um, And most importantly for me, and I think many uh, people who would critique capitalism or even praise it, capitalism is the idea that you can take something and through a process, make it more valuable. I have this material, and I paid these people to do some stuff, and then I came up with this product, and this product is now worth more than the material and the labor that created it. So it creates a surplus value, which where did that come from? You know, that's the capital. You have um, capital, and you change it into a commodity, and you exchange that commodity, for more capital, more than went in to begin with, so it creates more capital, um, and that's capitalism. Okay. You know, it's that belief in capital and the belief that capital itself has that power to create more value, more wealth. Um, so that's a lot to wrap your head around, um, but to me, that's very important, um, especially when you start thinking about other societies or you know, you start saying, "Well, well, you know, the USSR, or, well, you know, Venezuela." It's like these places are still operating with private property. They're still operating with um, monetary exchange. They're still operating with small groups of people owning the means of production, uh, and they absolutely still have capital in them. You know, yeah. it's uh, it might be a more regulated system, you know, or something like that, and some ways good, a lot of ways terrible, you know, like the USSR and the famines and, you know, we can talk about Stalin and dictatorships all forever. Um, But that's not the issue. The issue itself is that idea, that system. It's like, there are inherent contradictions, in my belief, in the system itself of capitalism. It's not that it's managed bad. It's not that It's not that there are immoral people that are causing the ruin, Mm -hmm. it's uh, that there's logic embedded into the system itself that will create contradictions, that will cause, uh, you know we talk about like market crashes Mm -hmm. and like failures of the market and stuff. I don't think those are failures, they have to be in there, you know. Um, Just like feudalism um, and mercantilism before capitalism had their inherent flaws. You couldn't make feudalism perfect, you yeah. know? You yeah. couldn't make it work. And just like people in their feudalism could not imagine what would come next, it becomes very hard for us to imagine what can come after capitalism. But the idea that it's here to stay, that we've reached this end, hmm. is just absurd. Yeah. Um, even if, like, you know, to, oh, I should mention, it's May 5th, it's Karl Marx's birthday. <laughs> um, so Marx himself loved capitalism. He—it was the most dynamic, revolutionizing system of all time. It destroys our old bonds. It got rid of kings. It got rid of religious uh, ties. You know, but it's flawed, and it will undo itself um, or take us all into it. I guess um, you know. And so that idea that. It is here to stay, even if it's the greatest system we've ever had, even if it produces the most freedom, yeah. um, it can't stay forever. It, the system has to change. We Like, I can't imagine society staying this way for another hundred years. It can't. It's unsustainable.
0: No. <laughs> At least, you know, the way that it's implemented. And people will argue that it's an implementation issue, but, like, for example, why is this system, an implementation problem, and other systems just inherently bad. You know, like, we've, someone has brought up, and I, I don't remember who it was that brought it up, but, um, that, I think it, it might have been Zach, there have been more failed capitalist systems than there have been, like, communist systems in existence. You go back to, like, ancient Rome, which was capitalist. If you want to look at it from the, the, the standpoint of, you know, having capital and having, you know, like money, money and, and stuff like that, if you look at the, the loose conceptualization of it, it can be considered cap, a capitalist. And, and I really, I'm trying to delve more into the understanding of what is the system. Because you talk to someone about these systems and people just go ahead and assume that they know what it's about. Right. And it's just like, well, do you really... Or are you just parroting what you've already heard? And right. I found that made me more and more uncomfortable the more I looked into it, is I was more and more parroting what I'd heard. I didn't really know. So when I started looking into it, and I'm just like, hey, did you know that this is... What... They're like, no, that's wrong. And I'm like, how do you know? You've never looked into it. And you're going to tell me it's wrong even after I just, like, did some research and found out that your concept is, is flawed? <laughs> so that's what I thought was just mind-blowing. It's just like, well, like, do you know how this system works and they're like yeah it's like this and i'm like well not according to this book and this book and this research Right. and they're still like no but that well here's here's a here's what i think you should do go do some research from the actual people that wrote the concept and then we'll have a conversation about it but nobody wants to go look they just assume that it's wrong and everything that they've been told is wrong. It's just like me looking at research. If I am looking at a um, you know a research study done by you know McDonald's and it says, or paid for by McDonald's and it says that hamburgers are the greatest thing ever, <laughs> I wouldn't naturally assume that they had no bias. Most of the research that a lot of people are looking into are sponsored or written or you know endorsed by. The very people that it's praising, right, right, yeah. So, why would you not look at the opposite side and then form? I'm not necessarily saying that you know other systems are better than capitalism. I'm just saying question it a little bit. That's all,
1: All
0: right?
1: (laughs) You know. And so that's what that's what we're gonna try to do for this next episode. Um, This is Adam, and this is Kason. We're across the aisle. Zach uh, could not be with us because his job kidnapped him, <laughs> um, another Working capitalist for the realism, yeah, it's, uh, it's so real you can't even talk about it, <laughs> uh, so true. yeah, let, let us know some stuff you might want us to clarify, some uh, topics if you specifically want us to delve into something or if you have questions or, um, you know, criticisms. Tell us uh, we're crazy for even questioning capitalism. <laughs> That'll be fun. We'll read your uh, letters on air.
0: I'm definitely up for criticism, and I think that the reason that I'm even forming some of the opinions that I am now is because my original ones have been criticized, and I've questioned it and looked into it, and we like, you know, maybe I'm not right. And, I, and that's all I really want out of any of these discussions is to like have people question themselves a little bit, have people do some self-examination be like, okay, is this thing that I cling to really so great? Or is it the very thing that's you know causing my discomfort and you know pain? You know I don't I don't know. Absolutely. So, well, I guess we'll uh, talk to you guys next time.